Hey America, I'm Congressman Will Hurd from the 23rd Congressional District of Texas. It's great to be here on Secure America Now's feed uh, talking about an important issue, the issue of Iran. You know, I was born and raised in San Antonio, uh, Texas, but when I graduated from Texas A&M University, I went straight into the CIA. I was an undercover officer, so I was the guy in the back alleys at 4 o'clock in the morning collecting intelligence on threats to our homeland. I chased uh, Iranian nuclear proliferators. I chased Russian intelligence officers. I chased Al-Qaeda uh, all over the world. And that experience over nine and a half years helped inform me now that I am in Congress. I've been in Congress uh, for two and a half years. Um, I serve on the Homeland Security Committee and I'm a member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence where we deal with all a number of host of issues um, all the way from Iran uh, to North Korea. Now I've been against the Iran deal you know, all the way back in, in 2015. I thought this was going to be one of the largest national security mistakes uh, that we were going to make. And some of the consequences um, of making that deal are real simple. We built a sanctions regime that was actually hurting the Iranian government. Um, this was, I think, probably one of the most successful sanctions re regimes uh, in the history of the United States because it actually forced the government to come to the table. And instead of continuing to use that leverage, we completely gave it up. We gave billions of dollars in cash to the, the Iranian government, and they're using that right now to fund terrorist organizations that are targeting the United States of America. It's absolutely outrageous and we dismantled a, a sanctions regimes and, and to be able to get that back and to be able to make sure our European partners who are instrumental in any future sanctions regime is, is going to be incredibly diff difficult because of this terrible agreement that we made with a organization, with a, a, a government that has spent decades um, attacking um, our citizens, attacking our friends like Israel, and now they are flush with cash and have the ability to increase their coffers um, because of this deal. I'm not surprised that they haven't yet ended the Iran deal because ending the Iran deal has to be done with our European partners in order to make sure that we can reconstitute a sanctions regime that brings um, Iran to the negotiating table to get Iran to dismantle their support to terrorist organizations and to get Iran um, to support the idea that Israel has the right to exist. Um, this is, you know, but, but the JCPOA is just one part of the complex relationship with Iran. Uh, we should be looking at whether Iran has violated other international agreements when it comes to ballistic missile testing, um, their support to the Syrian government um, and the Syrians use of chemical weapons. I think something we can firmly place blame on, on Iran and the Russians. And so we should be using a white glove on all aspects uh, and all agreements that Iran has entered into with the international community. The, the worldwide consequences of, of a nuclear Iran is, is terrible and, and my, my perspective is based on my time as an undercover officer in the CIA. I spent nine and a half years um, chasing terrorists all over the world and a, a nuclear-backed Iran, Iran is going to stop at nothing um, in order to get a, a nuclear weapon. Um, the Iranians have consistently lied to the IAEA, that's the international body that reviews 
um, uh, um, nuclear agreements. They have consistently lied to and misled the UN Security Council. And to think that they're going to change is, to me, a crazy, crazy idea. And so you do, Iran is already supporting terrorist groups throughout the Middle East and North Africa that are challenging us and our allies. Um, they're doing that because now they're flush with cash uh, because of the lifting of sanctions. And they're only going to export more terrorism if they're allowed, uh, if they're able to back up their actions with a nuclear weapon. Well, I've, I'm been in Congress for only two and a half years. Um, I first got elected in, in, in 2014. And this deal, the, the Iran deal, or JCPOA, um, is something that was an incredibly uh, partisan issue um, when it was first passed under the, uh, the Obama administration. I, I do believe now there is bipartisan support to making sure that we hold the Iranians um, accountable for their actions um, throughout the world. They're supporting terrorist groups um, that are attacking our, our um, our, our interests. They are working with the Syrian government who is responsible. You know, the Syrian government is, you know, the, the reason there's a Syrian refugee problem is because of Bashar al-Assad. And Bashar al-Assad is supported by Iran. He's supported by Vladimir Putin. And these are, this is what we're allowing Iran to do is to continue to export uh, terror to other parts of the world for them to strengthen um, their position in places like Lebanon and Syria. And, and we and I, my, there's colleagues um, on both sides of the aisle that recognize this threat and understand the need to stop it. The, the Syrian conflict has created a, a power vacuum, and that power vacuum is going to be filled. So there's one thing I've learned as my time as an undercover officer in the CIA is when there's a vacuum, it will get filled. And, and the Iranians are trying to do that. They're trying to strengthen their foothold in Syria in order to propagate attacks against our ally of Israel. They're trying to do this to um, continue their efforts to destabilize Iraq. Um, they're trying to use Syria as a launching point into Libya as well. And so this is, this is, the, this is a terrible situation as we um, continue to bring the heat on ISIS in, in Iraq and Syria, we have to be prepared to deal with uh, the, the Iranians that are there. Our, our Sunni Arab partners recognize that um, Iran is one of the greatest threats in the region. Um, that's why they're looking to, to work with Israel um, against this common threat. And we need to continue uh, to make sure that we don't allow Syria to become a, a, another proxy for Iran uh, to continue their destabilizing activities through the rest of the, the, rest of the Middle East. Now, another nation that's been coming up a lot in the realm of national security is North Korea. There's also been talks of link, links between Iran and North Korea. Um, can you talk a little bit about th that connection and whether that poses a real threat to the American national security? Um, for those of y'all that are just joining, I'm Congressman Will Hurd from, uh, from the 23rd District of Texas. I spent nine and a half years as an undercover officer in the CIA. I sit on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and the Committee of Homeland Security. And we're talking about Iran today. And, and North Korea is another country uh, that we have to be concerned with. There's a long history between Iran and North Korea. Uh, Kim Jong-un 
um, is going to stop at nothing to pursue a intercontinental ballistic missile that he can put a nuclear weapon on top of. Um, he's going to do that because he thinks that allows him, um, to, that secures his position um, under the, over the, the North Korean regime. Um, he is um, like the Iranians. Um, if they get a weapon, they would be willing to use it, and we have to be prepared for that eventuality, and that's why we have to stop them um, from getting a weapon. Are you concerned or do you foresee the administration taking military actions against North Korea if they do manage to continue to test weapons and, and threaten to attack us? Uh, when it comes to North Korea, we have to be prepared to, at a minimum, shoot down any future test of intercontinental ballistic missiles. Uh, we have to make sure that our allies in the region, South Korea and Japan, continue to improve intelligence sharing amongst them in order to have a better picture on what's happening in North Korea. And we have to be prepared to put continued pressure on China in order to pressure North Korea. Ninety percent of North Korea's economy comes through China. China has a lot of sway and a lot of influence over that country, over that regi regime, and we need China to recognize that Kim Jong-un in North Korea is a greater threat to their stability in the region than any kind of partnership between the United States, Japan, and South Korea. On the subject of cybersecurity, which has been a favorite topic for you, do you think that cyber, cyber threats represent a serious danger to the U.S. national security? You know, I, my degree is in computer science. After I got out of the CIA, I helped um, build a, a um, cybersecurity company. And one of the things, and I, and I spend a lot of time on cybersecurity uh, now in Congress. And one of the things that I learned when you talk about um, who are the biggest, baddest, worst actors in cyberspace, uh, it's, it's Russia, China, and Iran. And the Iranians are willing to resort to asymmetrical warfare in order to get their ends. And we have seen their willingness um, to use cyber tools to get what they want and to destabilize um, our democratic institutions and to continue to promote uh, their power throughout the Middle East. So while we're focused on um, Iran trying to build a, a nuclear weapon in their nuclear program, we also have to be conscious and focus on how they're developing cyber tools in order to achieve um, their goals in the broader Middle East and the rest of the world. One of the things that Congress is doing in order to defend and be, be able to defend ourselves against cyber attacks, whether they're from Iran or Russia or China, is we have to harden our own digital infrastructure. It's some basic things like uh, making sure we're patching software, making sure the government is able to introduce um, some of the latest technology to defend our infrastructure. We're improving information sharing between the public sector and the private sector. A former director of the NSA always says that if the federal government thinks they can defend our, our digital infrastructure alone or the, um, the private sector can defend its digital infrastructure by itself, it's the equivalent of the French thinking the Maginot Line is going to defend them against the Germans in World War II. Um, this is something that we have to have public-private sector cooperation on against these common threats. Because the Iranians are trying to do everything from you know, attacking our uh, public institutions, but they're also trying to disrupt uh, markets, they're trying to steal money in order to, to um, support uh, their regime activities. And so they are operating on the entire suite 
of, of topics when it comes to cybersecurity. So they are a formidable um, foe when it comes to this, and, and Congress is going to continue um, to, to put pressure on the Iranian regime. Thank you. Now, you mentioned that Iran is doing whatever it can to, you know, to threaten the U.S., and recently there have been a number of um, close encounters between the U.S. Navy and the Iranian Navy. Uh, are these just unprovoked attacks? Is there a larger game, game here, and what can, what can our, what can our uh, armed forces do about it? I think over the last couple of months, we've been seeing an increase in uh, Iranian provocations, whether, you know, a lot of this happening um, at sea. And I think these, this is an attempt by the Iranian regime to test our response um, to certain provocations in order to understand what are the limits um, to the, the U.S.'s resolve. And I think these type of provocations are going to continue to happen as long as uh, Iran sees, sees the United States as an existential threat um, to, their, to their regime. And so this is something we have to be prepared on. You know, it's good to know, you know, drawing red lines is important and saying if you do X, we're going to respond with Y. But also uh, strategic ambiguity and how we would respond is another tool to make sure that we keep the Iranians um, off balance. Thank you, Congressman. Just a few more questions. Um, Iran is not alone. It has connections across the world, including in the Western Hemisphere, with nations like Venezuela. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been reports of, of, of disturbing connections there. Uh, is there any threat of Iran using proxies and connections across the world in countries like Venezuela to threaten the U.S.? One of the things that we have to be focused on as a country is we have to be focused on our own hemisphere. We know the Iranians have had previous um, interactions throughout Latin and, and South America. And um, one of the biggest concerns right now is the state of Venezuela. And what are the Iranians' activities there? We know they've had um, historical ties. And as the Venezuelan uh, regime there gets further autocratic, and further separate themselves from the rest of the international community, they're going to reach out to Cuba, Russia, Iran. And for Iran to have any foothold in our hemisphere um, is disastrous. The Iranians have made it very clear um, they consider us one of their enemies, and we need to take that at face value. And we need to make sure that we're not allowing the Iranians um, to further their, their involvement in, in, in Central or South America. Thank you. Last question. Um, immigration has been a huge issue that, that's come up recently and in, in relation to Iran and its terror proxies. Is there concern that Iran and, other, and terrorist groups that it support may be using uh, refugees or migrants as an ability to establish footholds in countries and potentially spread um, terrorism and, and promote and, and promote its agenda and threaten our country. The the Iranian um, government and and specifically the their intelligence um, forces like the Quds Force, which um, is involved in their intelligence activities all over the world. They have a greater ability to already infiltrate existing, um, existing communities. Uh, I know there is some concern about Iranians taking advantage of, of immigration or refugee 
organizations or trying to infiltrate through uh, refugee organizations, but their ability to, to infiltrate countries without that is, is more significant. And so they're going to continue to rely on tactics that they've honed over the last couple of decades um, to move and show support in countries um, that have a potential, uh, uh, that, that can pro potentially provide a foothold um, to, to the Iranian government. Um, but we always got to make sure that um, we, when it comes to immigration to the United States that we're strengthening our processes. And we also have to remember that the problem is with the Iranian government. And we have to be able to show the Iranian people that the Iranian government is the reason that um, you're having the problems that you're having now and that there's a separation uh, made between those two. The Iranian government is willing uh, to kill and, and its own people. It's willing um, to put their own citizens um, in jail. They are cracking down on freedoms like freedoms of the press. And so this is the, the Iranian people. Uh, we want to make sure that they have the ability um, to not have to deal with a regime like they do now. Thank you, Congressman Hurd. Again, we've had Congressman Hurd with us talking about national security, particularly the threat by Iran. We appreciate you talking with us today. Thanks for joining, and make sure you like and share this uh, to all your friends. I just want to thank um, um, Secure America Now one more time for highlighting the important issue of the Iranian nuclear program.